In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. Welcome to May. I love May because we actually start having sun and warm weather, and it feels like spring. Of course, there's still rain and tornadoes and all the other things that go along with that. We had an awesome weekend. One of the key tenets of Ordinary Sherpa is to keep adventure simple. And I felt like this weekend was a really good example of that. I actually was gone this weekend. So my husband had the kids and he was challenging himself. We try to create an adventure list every month. And he was looking at the list and he's like, um, the kids wanted to go four wheeling. We have a four wheeler and we kind of go around our house and through the woods and stuff. But he knew that we live out in the country. And he knew that ATVs were allowed on the back roads, like on the country roads. So he called a neighbor who also had a four-wheeler and said, hey, you want to go four-wheeling? And they went and checked out some trails that we had never been on. So that was kind of fun. It got cold really quick, but it was really fun. I also know they did some fishing. And then on Sunday, as a family, we went to one of the local bike parks. And it was kind of funny. The kids took their scooters and their bikes, uh, skateboards. And of course, if you know, or if you follow me on Instagram, you know that Sundays are for Sundays for ice cream. (laughs) And so we checked out another local ice cream joint. It's always so fun. I wanted to share that there's a fun announcement that is developing. I will be releasing it in June for those on my email list. So just so you know, I'm going to roll out some developments that are happening with Ordinary Sherpa this summer. So I'd encourage you to jump over if you're not already on the Ordinary Sherpa email list. Go ahead and jump over to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash subscribe. I do not spam you. And you can always opt out, but you can also let me know what are the things you're interested in. If backyard adventures is your thing or untourism or lifestyle design, you can choose which ones are of most interest to you and then you don't get all of them. And honestly, I only send one a month anyway, so it's not a lot, but I would love to have you join me so that you are getting the latest and greatest of Ordinary Sherpa. And finally, before we get into the episode today, I love, as you know, I love to read a review. And this one, I this one gets like an A plus, not that it's a competition for creativity. But you know, these are the highlight of my week. So I will just say this uh, review was written by E. John Weller. And the title is Extraordinary Sherpa, Final Jeopardy. Answer. She took the leap to start a podcast, then nailed it with apparent ease while leaning in and striving for greatness behind the scenes. Question. Who is Heidi Dusick? Awesome content and guests, amazing modern facilitation, strong production, and my favorite part of the reflection and takeaways and application. 
You are inspiring a tribe during a time when inspiration is so badly needed. Thank you for your energy and your courage. You are an inspiration. Four out of five, JK. <laughs> and I love when people can have a little bit of humor. And if you know me, I definitely love hearing those words. It makes me so, I'm totally blushing. I absolutely love this. Thank you so much, E. John Weller. I, I, you guys, I can't tell you how exciting those are. If you're willing to leave a written review, I, I, yeah, I'll send you books and no, I'm just kidding. I don't even need to bribe you. But if you are, they truly are one of my favorite things to read each week, just because you never know. Uh, is this landing? Well, are you resonating with the content? I definitely am working on someone challenged me to a dream 100 list, not necessarily for where I want to go, which is how I typically incorporate my dreams. But someone had suggested, figure out who are your top 100 guests that you'd love to have on the show. So I would even love to hear from you. Who do you think needs to be on Ordinary Sherpa? Ironically, today's guests are people who contacted me through my uh, website. I have a contact me form. So if you know people who are interested, you can advise them there or just connect directly with me on any social media platform. Just DM me. But today's guests are two individuals who have been traveling. And ironically, you know, they didn't think adventure was even attainable at first. They, I think when I was talking with them, one of them said, I thought that's what rich people did. So I love that we are breaking barriers. But also, if you have a story or if you feel you know someone that would be on that Dream 100 list that we should get on the show, I want to hear about it. Today's guests are two fellow Wisconsinites who met while working in Belize for school and have continued to seek travel and adventures ever since. They are keen, active, and budget travelers, food lovers, and suckers for a good view. They use traveling to meet people, broaden their views, and experience new cultures. Over the past seven years, while working both full-time and maintaining a budget, they've traveled to 20 countries, 80-plus cities, and 18 national parks. They started a blog, always have a trip planned, to share their experiences and tips. They are expecting their first child in August and plan to continue their active adventures while starting a family. Natalie and Sam, it's so exciting to have you on the show. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that is uh, quite a resume, but I think we all need to know your how you met story because that feels like serendipitous. Yes. Yeah, so I can discuss that a little bit. We actually met in our last year of school when we were traveling down for rotations. We both work in the medical field and we were traveling, met on a tiny puddle jumper plane while traveling to Belize where we worked at a rural clinic and um, and traveled out to Mayan villages down in Belize. So it's pretty unique that we got to meet that way where we worked together. We actually lived in the same type of dormitory and then we're able to travel together on the weekends to different areas of Belize and then also to over to Guatemala. So meeting that way in an area with no technology and very limited internet access, we got to know each other very well, very quickly and help us really start our lives together. Yeah. There wasn't, there was no texting or social media yeah. or anything like that. It was literally like, we want to talk to each other. We had to go talk to each other. So and yeah. I think just traveling together really helped expedite the getting to know one another process. Yes. You just, you know, you see people in every light when you're traveling together. You see the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. I love that because I think it also just set like the perfect stage for your story, right? That you actually met on a plane. It just yeah. seems so serendipitous to the rest of your story. Yes, it was. It did feel very serendipitous. 
And now you have quite a travel resume. You've been to a number of states, a number of countries, and a number of national parks. So just kind of tell me, as you think about, like walk my listeners through, as you're thinking about some of your trips, like what are some of the things you've learned in seven years? Like how do you even go about planning all of these trips and fitting them all in? What's really important that you have to keep in mind? Oh, yeah. So we definitely kind of at the beginning of the year, what we'll do is be like, okay, where do we want to go this year? And we'll make a list of the places we want to go and then kind of look into how we can fit that into our lives with different periods of time we have off. And then we also try to look into maybe what's budget friendly for when we have time off. Going certain places can be a lot more spent expensive certain times of year or just depending on the airline deals that are going on at the time. Yeah. And I think we also look at when we're planning the actual itinerary on having, you know, a couple of things planned each day, but also leaving, you know, sometimes half the day open to just go explore or experience, you know, the different areas we go to without planning too much. So we get a lot of things fit in, but then also get some of that relaxing time to, as you say, some of that untourism to really go out and just feel like a local in the different areas that we're at. Can you highlight just a couple of the different places you've been like, what was the most maybe unique or something that was kind of interesting for you that might have been a different travel experience than what you were expecting? Yeah, I would say our trip to Morocco just overall was one of our favorite trips. It was just Morocco is like a really magical country. And we just had so many unique experiences on that trip that weren't expected. Um, That kind of came from having that downtime and just walking around and experiencing different things. So can you tell me about a couple of them? Yeah, I think, you know, at one point we were actually able to stay in a traditional Berber house in the high Atlas Mountains. It was a simple house with no heat or hot water. So we were staying there in January, which Morocco it was about not mountains, 35, 40 degrees. And ironically, we were there on my birthday. So when I got to wake up on my birthday in a 40 degree house, then subsequently take a shower without hot water. So that really helped build some character on with that experience. But it was just super unique staying in that house. And it really made you appreciate the things you have at home. You know, we have heat and hot water. And and you had mentioned in your introduction, too, it's kind of fun to just meet people and see different things. What about food? When you're talking about you know, a lover of food, any good food in Morocco that you really recommend or would suggest trying out if someone goes to Morocco? Oh, yeah. So tagine is like one of their main dishes. And we found what we think is the best tagine when we were in Sawara, which is like a beachside. Wouldn't that be on the, the west side of the country? Yeah. We were just walking around in Sawara one day and we noticed this really unglamorous looking restaurant that I don't think anyone really would instinctively walk into, but for some reason it caught our interest. It was probably the size of like a large walk-in closet and it looked pretty worn on the outside. And there was this little cardboard sign on the outside that looked like something maybe you would, that had come out of the trash or something (laughs) and the menu written on it. And we're like, huh, let's go check that out. And it was it only costs like 25 durham, which is like 250 US. So, but once we got inside, there was this adorable um, man. He was the chef. He only spoke Arabic, but he really worked to communicate with us and he was very happy to see us. Um, it was so good. We actually went back there three times. So he felt like, I think he, we felt like we knew each other, even though we never spoke to each other really in 
in yeah. each other's language. Yeah. Like he would say, he would always he would just say like "Happy New Year" to us because I think <laughs> it's the only thing we know how to say in um, English, and we would use our like very broken Arabic to try to speak back to him. Yeah, I think fortunately food is a universal language, so he was able to communicate through us that way with the wonderful food he made, meant to us in a very unexpected environment. Yeah, and there was only like three or four seats in there. But every time we went in there and we went in there different times, there was this French man in there who was like, yeah, this is the best tagine in all of Morocco. And we were just would bond over how we had found this little hole in the wall place that most people that I think were, you know, tourists were just walking by because it probably wouldn't yeah. pass U.S. health standards or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. And but. that's what I think makes some of these travel experiences so magical is like, if we were actually touristy and looking for the things that looked safe and trustworthy, and I mean, not many tourists would walk into a restaurant with a cardboard menu that probably looked more like a beggar <laughs> than, a, you know, I think about that. Right. But what an awesome experience that now you have one of the best locations for Tajin. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. Yeah, I don't even know if the restaurant really had a name. Like it just was like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, could you tell us what it is? But I don't know. <laughs> we could take you back there, but <laughs> that sounds great. Let's do a meetup, like post COVID. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. awesome. How about stateside? How about in the United States? I know we've talked about a lot of different states and national parks that you visited. Any highlights that you would share with listeners in the United States? Yeah, I think one of our favorite trips we took um, was to Alaska. So interestingly, I actually lived up there for six weeks during school. So it was pretty fun since I met Natalie after I had stayed up there to travel back with her and, you know, explore the different areas that I had seen while I was living up there. So we were able to visit Kenai Fords National Park and also Denali National Park and you know, it's always wonderful to get out in nature. And when you're in Alaska, you feel very small with how grand the mountains and the water and you know, everywhere you look, it's mountains and then a, a lake view, it yeah. felt like. Yeah, I feel like Alaska is one of those postcards where you're like, when am I going to get out of this story? <laughs> like, When do I turn the Seriously. page and it sucks? You know, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, like every hike we did there was just amazing. And it was just there was always the most epic view at when you got to, you know, any sort of viewpoint, you'd be like, oh, another lake and mountain. And Yeah. Is there anyone that you just, you know, I guess maybe highlight? Is there any one hike or any one place? And then, you know, there's like a million of them. It's so hard to narrow it down to one. But any that you really felt like, oh, my gosh, this is to die for. I think in Kenai Fords National Park, we hiked uh, the trail um, up to Exit Glacier and then the Harding, Ice. the Harding Ice Field. And not only is that rated one of the best hikes in Alaska, but also we were actually charged by a bear on that hike. Oh. So it made it particularly memorable. Yeah, maybe not the type of memorable. Okay, so now I'm sure my listeners are going, okay, what the heck do you do when you get charged with a bear in Alaska? What did you do? Yeah, well, you don't do what I did. Um, what Sam <laughs> did. I just, because we had, we had literally just started on the, it was the Harding Ice Field because Exit Glacier is separate, but we had just started on the trail and we had literally just read before that, like, oh, there's like a mama bear and her baby bears in the area. Like, this is what you do if you see a bear. And Sam had actually made a joke. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, we're going to get attacked by a bear today. And I'm like, oh, whatever. 
And we just kept like walking and started on our path. But when we just were coming around a tight switchback, like it was pretty wooded at the beginning. And I saw the bear um, in front of us, like, cause I was leading, I saw it and I just kind of stepped back and I was like bear, but it was the mama bear and her three cubs right in the tree next to her. So she was maybe what, 25 feet away at most. And then you, and then, yeah. So then I came around the corner and Natalie was kind of backing off the trail and the bear subsequently, you know, put its paws down and started charging at us to protect its cubs. So I threw my hands up in the air and started screaming and making a lot of noise. And after Natalie saw that, she started doing that too. We did have bear spray, but um, we did not have it in our hands. So definitely recommend if you have bear spray to always have it in your hands since you never know when you might encounter that. But fortunately, the bear came within about five, 10 feet and then ran back to its cubs, um, but did not break eye contact with us. And so that was a black bear. So for those, you are supposed to kind of make noise and try to scare them off. But Fortunately, it wasn't a grizzly bear, which that would be a quite different story. Yeah, I don't think we'd probably be here. <laughs> that yeah. was Yeah, but they we just like back down the trail then with our hands in the air still yelling and like screaming and the bears just like maintaining eye contact. And I thought she might just come running back at us again, but she didn't. And then um, on that trail, though, what was really cool is we went back down to not the beginning, but we met three other couples. So one was from Germany, one from was from the US. And the other ones were somewhere from somewhere in Europe as well. But we met these four people and we're just like, we just saw mama bear and her cubs on the trail, the bear charged us like, we were just kind of leery. And then we all decided, well, we're like, well, bear attacks are very unlikely. And you know, groups of six or more. So we're like, we're gonna go back up the trail together. So we went back up the trail with these. um, So there were eight of us total. And we ended up actually doing the whole hike with one of the other couples. And we just had really good conversation the whole time. And it was just pretty neat to like unite together to go back up the mountain. And I'm so glad we did that. Such a good hike and probably one of the best hikes we've ever done. That's so awesome, too, that you were able to find a tribe on the trail. And I think this is what is so awesome about adventure, too, is that when you find people who have shared experiences, they want you to have a good result. So I can imagine, I'm only speculating, if I was one of those people on that trail, I would have been like, well, let's try it again, (laughs) you know. But there's a lot of support and camaraderie in this type of field. And so it's kind of nice that you were able to truly experience the full trail. Yeah, and we're still in contact with two of those people, like through social media. So that's kind of, you know, neat because that was a really that was a long hike. So we spent a lot of time together and talked a lot. That's awesome. I have been to Alaska a number of times and we, too, have seen bears, um, a couple of them. And I am not going to remember the name of the trail. We were at a park and there was like a little overlook and literally the bear was like right underneath our overlook. And he just like looked up at us and I was like, um, husband (laughs) I didn't even know what to say because I was like afraid to move I'm like husband and I was well and uh, so tip when when you have children keep them close you know that we kept joking and this probably is not a tip I would share with people on what to tell your children but I have a four-year-old who just you know he's he's pretty bullheaded and kind of likes to do his own thing and we were really nervous that he wasn't going to listen and so Anytime we were in some of these hikes, I'd be like, dude, you're bear bait. Get up here. You know, like we've got to stay close. So don't like threaten your children that they're bear bait. But 
he did actually listen and it did work and we all stayed safe but we had two or three different bear encounters none of them within five feet though that is like the bear we could have touched the bear and that was like a little too close for comfort I was like I'm good on seeing bears I don't need to see another bear before that I really wanted to see one yeah she she's ever getting tired during the day I remind her of that experience and it helps kind of re-energize that adrenaline right Awesome. So I know you guys are preparing for your first child and um, just came back from a baby moon. So tell us a little bit about what is a baby moon? First of all, I thought that was so cute. I was like, oh, tell us about your baby moon. Yeah, well, a baby moon, I think traditionally is like your last hurrah before you have a baby traveling somewhere. We don't really plan (laughs) to make it our last hurrah. We can plan to continue to travel, even though we've had some people, you know, tell us that our lives are our travel lives are completely over once we have a baby. But we went to um, the like the Florida Keys is where we kind of based ourselves. And we went up to Everglades National Park and Biscayne National Park and down to Dry Tortugas National Park. And we really had a good trip. And is that the last one before baby? Probably the, the last, last big one. Yeah, the last one out of the state. We'll probably make some weekend trips throughout Wisconsin over the summer. And I'm sure... Natalie will help uh, dictate what the most appropriate trip is as she gets closer to her due date in August. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's such a hard thing. I had an August baby and I was so done. I was like, it was my third too. So I was like, I'm done. I got to go. I can't be sitting around anymore. We just spent all summer and I was on bed rest for a while. So I was like, I just got to go. And I think I was a little probably pushed it too far because I we left when the baby was two weeks old. And that was probably a little too young, but babies travel well. So I would say, you know, try to keep those voices of everyone else who says you can't travel. That's completely false. You can. I actually think traveling with babies is easy because there's a little bit more gear, but they sleep so much. They're so easygoing. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot as long as you feed them and change them and let them sleep. They, they travel pretty well. Right. And they're pretty mobile. You can put them in a carrier. (laughs) Yeah, I would say the age might. So my kids are 11, 9 and 5 now. And I think like once they're mobile and opinionated, that's when they're hard. (laughs) You know, when they decide what they want to do. I'm like, that's when they start to it's hard to wrangle them all in. We've heard you need like to go on hiking lots of snacks for (laughs) kiddos. Yes, I think that's true for adults, too, though. (laughs) We bribe each other all the time. Like, okay, we get to this point. We're going to have snacks. Totally. We'll have this cliff bar when we get here. And then. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you're looking for suggestions, but I know I could we could throw it in our Facebook group too. just things that if you've traveled with kids or with babies, any tips on traveling. I have a couple, you know, just favorite things to do. We have a couple gear things that are helpful for us, but I'm not promoting any of that. I'm just saying, you know, if you wanted to go in the ordinary Sherpa Facebook group and just ask a couple questions too, I'm sure people would be willing to offer some insights if you were interested. Yes, that would be great. We're definitely looking for advice. I mean, as Natalie said, we're not going to fall prey to having our travel lives be over, but we know we'll probably have to adjust to maybe not being able to do a 50 mile hike in a day anymore, (laughs) but looking for different tips and tricks once the baby arrives. Um, and as we, um, the child gets older to, uh, continue our travel adventures. Yeah. There is an episode. I don't know if you were able to listen. Um, Courtney, I think it was episode seven. She has been getting her kids hiking like since they could walk and her three-year-old, she just posted the other day on Instagram, walked five miles 
recently. Wow. So I was like, it's still possible to do all of those things, but it does take a little bit of a lifestyle, right? You got to practice right. those things with them. So yeah, no, I definitely think we're looking for tips and to plan our next trip, like when baby's pretty young, still good places to go, you know, because we've just with the pandemic and everything, we've been mainly doing a lot of national parks mm-hmm. um, this past year. And we would like to maybe continue to do those, but maybe just not as long of hikes as we've been yeah. doing. Yeah. I mean, I'd be more than willing to share just a couple things real quickly. I mean, we always, so one of my little tips is when traveling with children and your baby, so I don't know that this is as relevant just yet, but within a year or so, we always would go to parks. Well, my kids got really confused on what a park was and what a playground was. So I started trying to, when I started planning, we would look for like the best playground in the area and just plan an afternoon for play. So that was one thing that made life a lot easier was if there was a playground time, so to speak. Um, But yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways. Uh, Even some urban places, when we've gone to like St. Louis, it's really child friendly. There's a lot of places I think that are really kid friendly and can still be outdoorsy. Like we didn't do all the touristy things. We actually went to like a Parks and Rec swimming splash pad for a day just to like get outside and enjoy the weather. But it was super cheap too. It wasn't super expensive. So it's not like a water park. Um, But so many things that you can just, you can still see and explore the city without having to pay for all the things or. Right. Well, and especially when kids are young, I mean, they, you know, they think, you know, sleeping in the the living room is really cool. Yeah, right. (laughs) I should show you guys. I'll put, I'll have to share it at some point. We just made, we make like seasonal adventure lists of what they are. And so many of them are silly things. Like I think the most adventurous thing is like, how can we create a rock climbing experience and making a new bike trail? Other than that, it's like, how can we make the biggest bubble outside? And how can we, you know, like make a fort in the woods? How can we make miniature s'mores? Like it's all these little things. It's like they're not, they don't have to be really complicated in order to still have adventure in your life. Well, and one of the points you brought up on a previous podcast, now we can't stop seeing those brown signs as ah. kind of those spontaneous places to stop and maybe, you know, see something that you haven't seen before. I think we'll plan to explore some of those with kids too. Yeah. And you know, you can turn anything even so as much as I love the brown signs when we're in cities, we will do like photo scavenger hunts of like, let's see how many different doors we can find or let's look for the different type of textures or how many different kind of leaves can we find. So you can turn just about anything into a scavenger hunt. Again, that's like when they're toddler ish stage because infant stage, they're pretty quiet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say that the the doors and textures that just makes me think of Morocco again, because we I, I, you know, I'm an adult and I took pictures of pretty much every door I saw. There. <laughs> I know they're so cool. It just reminds you of such I think that really, you know, it's nice to have pictures of each other and of the people and of the scenes and everything. But I always like capturing those little details, too, because it takes you back to those locations. Like in Alaska, I have pictures of one of the rock Uh, beaches that we were on. It was just, it was so cool. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember that, what that felt like. And it's kind of fun. Very cool. As we're looking forward now, are there anything else that um, you would like listeners? So you have this travel blog. I want to give you a shout out. Can you talk a little bit about if people go to your blog, always have a trip planned, what kind of things can they find there? So there's lots of guides and Um, On different places, there's a lot of national parks up there right now. There will be our 
um, reflections and our tips on Morocco. Um, there'll also be a lot of things coming soon in the future about more international travel. A lot of it's it's on domestic travel right now, just with um, kind of the limitations we have with what's happened in the world in the past year. Yeah. But uh, we have a lot of tips on how to save money too, especially on flights and like how to fit all of your luggage in a carry-on and best way to get a good deal on a rental car, things like that. So yeah. we just really started our blog because we had family and friends kind of asking us like, for tips and tricks all the time and asking us kind of for guides for different places we had been. So we just really wanted to start a blog that provided like realistic travel advice for ordinary people. We didn't like quit our jobs and start this travel blog. We, Yes. I love that you, I was going to come back to that because I think so many people, when you look on Instagram, it's like, oh, these young traveling, that's great. Now we have kids, so we can't travel. And I love that you're going to keep traveling. And I love that you're still working full time. You know, I'm not saying that you have to work full time forever, <laughs> but I think that just dispels the myth. Like you can't, you don't have to choose. You can do all of it. You can be a parent and work and an adventure and travel and still enjoy life. So I really glad I'm so it's so fun to have people like you guys on my show just to be examples for and inspire so many other people that these things are still possible. It doesn't your life doesn't end when you have children. Yes, that's good to hear. That's reassuring. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there anything Natalie and Sam that I didn't ask you that you thought I would? Uh, I don't think so. I think one thing I always like to highlight from our different, you know, adventure experiences with traveling, and we always try to stay physically active is some of the most, you know, challenging experiences that we often have lead to some of the most fond memories. I think of one time we were doing an open ocean kayak in Hawaii. It was a 17 mile kayak and Natalie was seasick for the beginning of it. And she seems to have forgotten that she ever felt sick or not so good on that experience because she asked about every year when we can do another one of those experiences. So, you know, even when you're going through something challenging, they often become some of the most fond memories and it really helps, you know, keep perspective on those challenging things in life that there's always an adventure and something great to take away from it. That is such great advice to leave with too. I love that. Thank you for that reminder. Natalie and Sam, if people want to find you, you are at always have a trip planned and I have all of your social media links in the show notes. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on Ordinary Sherpa. Thank you so thank much you. for having us. Natalie and Sam, thank you so much. I'm so excited to share six key takeaways from our episode today. Number one, make space in your plans to allow for an opportunity or a unique experience to show up. You never know what to expect. Number two, Sometimes the most unglamorous places create the most authentic experiences. Food can be a universal language. It doesn't matter if you can actually speak in their native tongue. Number three, connecting with strangers to reach a summit is part of the adventure experience. You don't have to feel like you have to go after this all by yourself. Number four, your travel life is not over when you have a baby. If you want travel tips or if you can offer a tip to Natalie and Sam, please join us on the Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash Ordinary Sherpa. We are going to be giving Natalie and Sam all kinds of tips and locations and ideas. So join us over there if you aren't there already. 
Number five, pictures of the details of a location can take you back to that experience years later. While it's nice to have pictures of you and I and of the landscape, sometimes it's the little details that take us back and remember those moments. Number six, some of the most challenging experiences lead to the best memories. Sherpas, it has been so lovely to keep you on this journey with me. We have some really fun announcements coming this summer, and I want to just let you know that the best way to stay in the loop on what's developing with the Ordinary Sherpa podcast and in the Sherpa community is actually on our email list. If you go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash subscribe, there are several upcoming announcements that will be featured. You don't have to be there for everything and you can always delete what you don't want, but you definitely want to make sure you are getting the most current updates and be there when the new information comes out. It has been such an honor and a joy. I so appreciate you taking the time to spend it with us and with me on this journey. Until next time, keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.